Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 9 p.m. here on the 8th of September, 2022. And we'll be talking about welfare income. and gentlemen thank you for joining me i'm your host doug from ontario canada here on the truckers podcast fyi thursday tomorrow friday and heading into the weekend so right off the top i'm sure you've heard the news the world has heard the news Queen Elizabeth II has passed away at the age of 96. My condolences goes out to her family. Now, last night's show, if you joined me, what happened over and you know the long weekend the last weekend of summer holidays the tragic events that took place in northern Saskatchewan yesterday afternoon the police apprehended the last suspect And while the individual was taken into custody, he died soon after. We'll never know why this tragic happened in northern Saskatchewan and the people who are affected, their families, will never get closure and we'll never have peace. I thought when this all unfolded yesterday that the last remaining suspect was arrested in this mass killings in Saskatchewan, I thought finally we're gonna know why. He went into medical distress soon after his arrest and died. Unbelievable. But the really big news story today, ladies and gentlemen, is the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Seventy years on the throne. It's the only queen 
in, in our lifetime that we'll always remember. She was the head of state of Canada. It was a title. She didn't dabble in our politics. She didn't sign anything in the law. It was just a title given to her through the Commonwealth. She was very fond of Canada. She loved traveling to Canada. But my heart felt condolences goes out to her family. Now, I want to, you know, in the past couple of episodes, you know, when I was talking to you about um, the homelessness crisis that we have here going on all across Canada. And on top of that, the healthcare crisis. And on top of that, coming into, you know, not long from now, it's gonna be fall time, flu and the cold season And of course, still COVID-19. And the challenges that we face today with the healthcare crisis and the unknown was going to happen throughout the fall and winter time. It's going to be quite challenging. And with the homeless crisis, homelessness crisis that we have here in Canada. And of course, you know, throughout the decades, our welfare system, welfare income. So many changes have been made over the years. Before it was like, you know, people, you know, may have dropped out of high school. You know, let's go back 45 years. Like I'm 60. Let's go back 45 years. People would drop out of high school, whatever. Young, young women, teenage girls getting pregnant. going on welfare. There was no rules, really. You could stay on welfare as long as you wanted. Now, today, things have changed dramatically. And over the few past few years, you know, here in Ontario, the provincial government changed the name from welfare to workfare. And we'll get into that. Now, right now, today, if people, for a single person, you know, to go on welfare, they would get $733 a month for a single person. 
And if you're not in any sort of housing, $733 won't even cover your rent. You can't rent, you know, especially, uh, you know, large, uh, large metropolitan city like Toronto. You won't find any rent under $2,000. Here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, you won't find rent under $1,000. A couple. Now, if people are applying for, for welfare, for whatever situation that they're in, You know, people who lost their jobs over over this pandemic, living paycheck to paycheck. Now, to be eligible, you must declare all can all income that you currently receive, even if it's employment insurance. You must also declare all savings that you have, like what assets and property you have. The cutoff amount for eligibility is different depending on your situation. And for an example, a single person without children cannot have more than $887 of savings at the time of the application. And a couple with two children cannot have more than $1,807. And a certain amount of your property does not count, such as part of the value of a house or a vehicle. Now, If social assistance is the last resort, social assistance is the last resort, government programs, its purpose is to provide people with basic financial support, enter the workforce and, particip and participate actively in society. It wasn't meant to support you until your children turn 18. To receive social assistance, you must also take advantage of any other form of financial aid into which you are entitled to, which you have to, when you get laid off from your job, you're entitled to employment insurance. And even back, way back when you got laid off of your job, it still took approximately four to five weeks, even before you got your first employment check. And you, you get your last pay, well, you don't get your first full month 
of, of employment insurance. The second month, you would then get full entitlement to employment insurance. Uh, child payment or child support payments, if you're receiving them. And are there any other um, forms of, of financial aid that you're entitled to? Now, like I said, a lot of things have changed over the years. The provincial government changing the name welfare to workfare. The whole thing now is to help you better your education. And going back into the workforce. Now, still today, you know, today to be eligible for Ontario Works, you and adult members of your family must take part in, in approved activities that will help you find and keep a job. The plan is updated regularly when you complete activities to begin new ones. As you search for work and start working, you must report your earnings monthly, even if you don't earn anything in a month. You still got to let them know. For the enable for the able body and you're able to work. So while you're on Ontario Works, you will have access to activities focused on improving your skills towards finding and keeping a job. And Ontario Works can give you your practice practical help to prepare for and find a job working with you to determine what you need to become employed help you develop a plan based on your skills experience and circumstances so workshops on looking for work resume writing and preparing for an interview Referrals to job counseling or training programs. Information on who's hiring. Access to basic education. Access to the job banks, computers, internet, and phones. And when it comes to people who may not even have finished their high school, 
They'll help you finish high school and get your grade 12 diploma. Which in this day and age is, is one of the basic requirements of employment. Got to have a grade 12. Improve your language skills. Upgrade your reading and writing and math skills. Job specific skills training. If you need special training or skills to do a job, they can get you the help that you need to develop your skills. None of these things that I'm talking about right now didn't even exist 45 years ago. Single parents raising their kids, living in housing, collecting welfare, and only finding themselves in a precarious situation today. Still living on the system, maybe they're getting their CPP. Their Canada Pension Plan, which would be absolutely next to nothing because you didn't really distribute anything to it. So you'd just be getting social assistance for a single person, $733 a month. They didn't have all this stuff. They didn't make you do anything. So now all these programs they have out now today. Helping you move forward. They have um, learning, earning, and parenting. It's called leap if you're a young parent between the ages of 16 and 25 the leap program can give you the supports you need to finish high school improve your parenting skills prepare for and find work so you can support your family I knew of this, this, this person many, many, many years ago. She was a friend of somebody that I knew. She was in hard times. She was in a, an abusive relationship. And when she got out of that relationship, She put together a four-year plan for herself. And that four-year plan started, well, I have to get more education.
And then, so she would be on welfare. And then she'd start getting her education, taking a two-year program. Finding employment. And saving and working to get off the system. She did just that. And she done really well for herself with the help of family and friends to look after the little ones. Today, she's around my age. And she bettered herself on her own by doing, by sitting down and putting this plan together. Employment, placements, and when you're ready for a job, they can connect you with employers who are hiring and help you prepare for the interview and help you with training for the job if required. There's all kinds of, of, uh, in, uh, like, um, Places offering uh, offering all kinds of training, right? Workshops and, and everything. I mean, you still, I mean, you can get money from the government to help pay for it. And if people are not, not sure where to go and how to apply for these stuff, well, they're going to help you do that. Community placements, a placement in a community agency can help you gain valuable experience. You can practice your skills, improve your confidence and get up to date job references and contacts. And they'll even help you with the cost to participate. And while people who are on Ontario works, you can, you know, you and each eligible family member may receive money to help with costs when participating in activities to help you find and keep a job. And of course, reporting your earnings each month. You know, it's important for you to tell us about the earnings of your family members you each receive every month. Right? So if you have some earnings and you're on financial assistance, so you're receiving the Ontario Works and earning money from a job or training program. You may still get help from Ontario Works. So after you've been receiving Ontario Works for three months in a row, you can earn up to $200 a month without having your financial assistance reduced. For every dollar you, you earn after the $200, Ontario Works will deduct 50 cents 
from the amount of money you receive from them. So 50 cents on every dollar over the 200. And this will continue until you become financially independent and no longer need assistance. And while you have a child, you can claim some of your child care costs. And that means you can work while your child is, is being cared for. You may also continue to receive other benefits. Now, I was looking at something here. Um, <clears throat> I think it was this one here. Um, when, it, when it comes to um, when you work and earn money and pursue high school or post-secondary education. Right? So... For an example, if you are starting post-secondary education for the school year starting in September and ending in April, your pre-study period is May to August. Your earnings from May to August will be exempt. But you still have to report earnings each month when you or members of your family are enrolled in full-time or high school post-secondary education. Now, the other one they put in here is that you cannot claim child care costs if either the caregiver is a family member receiving financial assistance with you, you could get child care funding from another source. You know, the government um, of Canada, now we have a program. It's... Uh, $10 child care. And the child care centers have to enroll in this pro program. You know, so if you had, you know, a child, one child, you know, it would cost you $40 a month. Two children. $80. Imagine childcare today. Daycare centers, you know, um, it's expensive. So there was really no push for anybody, you know, who, who, who was on welfare to go get a job because they couldn't, they couldn't afford the daycare anyway. But I told you about that individual with family and friends helping. She was able to succeed in her goals. Now, here are things here that... Um, How, how they help as well. Um, of course, 
employment activities helping you prepare for and find a job. You know, it's like I said earlier, it's not you're going to go get assistance because you need assistance. If you're able, body, and can work, you are going to be enrolled in these programs while you're on assistance. Not like decades ago, where none of this existed. Where you could just stay on welfare for as long as you wanted. While you're on Ontario Works, you're going to have access to activities focused on improving your skills towards finding and keeping a job. Like I said, working with you to determine what you need to become employed. Helping you to develop a plan based on your skills, experience, and circumstances. Some of the examples of kinds of services that they provide to help you find a job. Workshops on looking for work, like I said, resume writing and preparing for an interview. Referrals to job counseling or training programs. Information on who's hiring, access to basic education. Like I said, I'm talking about getting your high school diploma. Literacy, even literacy screening and training. If it's hard for you to get or keep a job because you have trouble with reading, writing, or math, they could help you get the education you need. We talked about the, the, the learning, earning, and parenting called LEAP. They're going to help you with the cost to participate. And of course, it's, it's always important to report your earnings each month, even if there was no earnings. Now, scrolling down here, uh, they're talking about um, submitting your pay stubs and receipts. Attaching your pay stubs and receipts to your statements of income. This is what they'll want to have. Keeping your pay stubs and receipts in case we ask to see them in the future. Now. They talk about how earnings are calculated to adjust financial assistance. If you are not attending high school or post-secondary school full-time, we look at your net monthly earnings. This is the money you earn from, from work minus your mandatory deductions, such as income tax, Canada pension plans, employment insurance, contribution, union fees. In the same way, we'll consider any money earned by your spouse or children 18 years of age or older who are not attending high school or post-secondary school full-time. 
it's important to to report all these things, ladies and gentlemen, because if you don't, it's just going to delay things for you. It may even end up just cutting you off. Now, even people who decide to say, hey, you know what? I want to start my own business. Things are going to start out slow. You're probably not going to make a lot of money out the gate. So profits from self-employment. I mean, if this is your plan and running a business. And your responsibilities for reporting all of the revenue, gross income from your business and approved expenses. We deduct expenses from gross income to determine your profit net income. Now, here's an example. So Jane runs her own business. Last month, she had a gross income of $800 from the business. She had $100 in business expenses. She had no childcare expenses before starting her business. She received $733 a month in financial assistance. So let's start with Jan's gross income from her business for the month is $800. Deducted business expense, 100 to calculate net profits, 800 minus 100 is 700. Applying 200 earnings exemptions to monthly net profits, 700 minus 200 is 500. And then to calculate half her monthly net profits, above 200 at 50%. So 500 times 50% is 250. Subtract this amount from her financial assistance. 733 minus 250 is $483. So Jane will receive $483 from Ontario Works financial assistance this month. Add this to her net profit of $700 and she will have $1,183. This is what, this is what they'll do. Even if you want to pursue your, your own avenues and and start up a small, a small business. They're going to work with you and they're going to help you every step of the way until you become financial dependent. So you can get off the system and work, be able to afford your rent, maybe even to buy a house and help you stay employed
You know, leaving Ontario works for paid work. Ontario works can help you and your family if you leave the program for a paying job. The extended health benefit to help you and your family pay for some of your health costs if they are high or if you don't get health benefits from your employer. Getting supports at your job, including helpless expenses, such as safety boots. The Ontario Works Health Benefits may continue to be available to help you and your family if you leave the program to, partic- to participate in the Better Jobs Ontario, formerly Second Career Program. We don't want to, we don't want to leave anybody behind. These programs is a great way to help people move forward and better themselves. And there's no excuse. We even have for people who have a disability, it's the ODSP. They don't get much more in assistance. So people, you know, who has, who has a disability, could be a physical disability, could be a, a, a mental disability. that keeps them out of the workforce. Single person could just be a little over $800 a month. That's still not gonna cover your cost for rent. This is why we have, you know, rent subsidies. But in order for that to work too, is that, you know, landlords have to want to, you know, work with that. Rent subsidies is that you're going to get, they're going to get the remaining money to cover the rent. And then whatever you have left over to buy food for yourself. Hygiene products. You know, we even have today, when I went back to school, when I went to school, when I was a kid, we didn't have, um, before school programs and after school programs. When I was a kid, you know, and, it, and that was that was the times. Dad went to work. 
Mum was the caregiver. Today, it takes both parents to make ends meet. Both parents have to work. When I was growing up, there was no daycare centers because we didn't need them. Mom was home. Dad went to work. Now, of course, what we're seeing today, you know, cost of living on the rise, everything that we buy from food to clothing has increased. I was reading an article the other day and you know, this, this, the single mom working, a working single mom and she's buying back to school supplies and she's looking at backpacks, 30 dollars for a backpack. You know, because it's got some brand name on it and kids love that. You know, there's certain characters they love and they come up with all these backpacks with all these characters on these backpacks and kids, you know, I want that one. She couldn't afford it. It was buying the, the choice between buying a backpack for, for the child or that, that $30 going towards food. You know, so it's, it's a great thing that we have, you know, these organizations out there to help. And we make these donations to these organizations and they go out and they buy all these school supplies, all these backpacks. And parents can go to these organizations and get these pack back uh, backpacks filled with school supplies for the people in need who need the help. And to add to and to add to people's grocery bills, kids need snacks. To continue throughout the day.
And this is why, you know, the government of Canada, you know, are, are, are making these, these, these changes. To, to the welfare you know I said they have they have to help with costs to participate rapid training opportunities leaving Ontario works for paid work leaving Ontario works for the better jobs Ontario program. All these things that are at your disposal. To help you along the way. I know people nowadays, you know, because of, you know, the course of, you know, with the pandemic, you know, and, you know, the business closures, you know, the non-essential businesses you know, throughout the, 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 the pandemic, you know, particularly um, restaurants. A lot of people worked in the food industry. A lot of people left it. They didn't want to go back to it because they didn't know what's going to happen. Making minimum wage? Well, your tips, I mean, you tip your waiter or waitress. They don't get that full amount when you tip them. All the tips collected at the end of the day all go into one pool and then it's divided up amongst the staff. The waiters, the waiters, the kitchen help. I mean, if you gave a waiter or a waitress a $30 tip, they might see $5 of that. There's a lot of vacancies. There's people, you know, in, in, in the restaurant industry. I mean, they're just crying for help. But they're paying more than minimal wage. Minimal wage here in Ontario is $16.75 an hour. They're paying, you know, $20 an hour to come work for them. Plus your tips. Other places too. I mean, you know, the other uh, the other unfortunate thing too. You know, that happened the other the other day. You know, you know, for people, you know, here in London, Ontario, that that worked for Bose Automotive. You know, and it's really unfortunate. You know, with the cost of of living going up, interest interest rates going up, three hundred people 
are going to be out of a job by year's end. 300 people. Now, of course, they're going to go, you know, through retirement packages. Um, severance pay, based on how many years you work there. And then your final pay. No, that's not good. They have families. They're renting or own a home. Losing a losing an income in a family, and maybe in some of their cases that was the only income coming in. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, I can't predict what's going to happen. These are are hardworking people. Trying to make their way through life like the rest of us. And and with the reform uh, of the, the welfare system, not just here in Canada, but all here in Ontario, but across Canada, you know, now giving you all of these opportunities to take advantage of to help better yourself an able body that can work. I was talking about homelessness and, you know, the government's, you know, putting together you know, um, a 10 year plan for affordable housing. We needed this 10 year plan 10 years ago. We wait until it becomes a crisis. And now they're scrambling to try to fix it. Just like our healthcare system here in Ontario, across across Canada, for decades on end, when it came to each province, you know, here in Ontario being the largest province in the province in Canada of approximately eighteen million people. And the population of Canada is 38 million people. For decades on end, the persons appointed to be the health minister and over the years of cutbacks and cutbacks and cutbacks. With the agent 
aging population of the baby boomers. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on the back end of the baby boomers. The baby boomer era ended in 1964. I was born in 1963. More and more people of, of, the, of, of the boomers who are ahead of me. My parents. We don't have the hospital beds. And right now we're in a crisis of staffing. We have emergency departments closing overnight because they don't have the staff. And emergencies doesn't know time. Emergencies happen 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I mean, their plan now is that, okay, these people are in hospital now, you know, getting care, and they can't really take care of themselves. They, they might be a one-person care or two-person care. They have to be moved to a nursing home to free up beds. Nursing homes are full. And right now, part of the plan is that, you know, you know, you get five choices of where you want to go. Maybe your first choice wasn't available. You had to take the second choice. And we, and, and, and you know, they, they first talking about, you know, you can't refuse. And it may be moved right out of the city that you reside in, away from your family. Oh, and then, you know, the hospital could charge you to stay up to $1,800 a day. You know, this is just scaring the hell out of people. Premier Doug Ford comes back and says, oh, nobody, nobody, no, 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 no. Nobody's going to be paying anything. No one's going to be paying $1,800 a day. Then why mention it in the first place? You know, the wait time for a non-emergency in the emergency department is over 20 hours for a non-emergency. And then I ask myself, why are you going to the emergency if it's a non-emergency? We have walking clinics all over the place. You have a health card. You can go to these walk-in clinics. You can call telehealth. Talk to a healthcare professional. And they can determine whether you need to go to the emergency or not. 
people with real emergencies are going to be seen first. You know, it's just like the housing crisis that we have here, you know, affordable housing, affordable rent. Now the the government finds them in this precarious situation. Now they're scrambling because it now is a crisis. Trying to figure out what are we going to do? The homelessness crisis that we have. You have the visible homeless people that you see every day. And then you have the hidden homelessness that you don't see. With the hidden population, the hidden homeless population is estimated somewhere around 50,000 that are deemed the hidden homelessness. 50,000 on any given night in Canada is the hidden homelessness. And those are the people who are living with, you know, relatives, friends, living out of their cars. A lot of these people have jobs. Low paying jobs that they can't afford the rent. The NDP government here in Ontario wants to pass a bill or hopefully put this bill through with the Conservative Party, Premier Doug Ford. So when someone moves out of an apartment, let's say, for an example, they were paying $900 a month, and the next person that moves in, that person pays $900 a month. Because when people move out, landlords jack up the rent. Over, you know, really over market rating, right? So this person moves out, we're paying $900 a month. Maybe they, you know, let's say, for example, they bought a house. So they move out and the landlord, so that rent was $900. You know, Now the landlord wants $1,300 for the one bedroom. There's there's no rules in in, in the Landlord's Tenants Act saying that the, the landlord can't do that. The NDP party here in Ontario wants to make that law that if a tenant moves out of that unit, then the new tenants move in, pays that same rent.
We want to get people help. We want to get people housed. Keep them housed. And yes, we want to keep, we want to get people to work. We want to keep people working. Well, I guess, you know, that depends on a lot of things. Depend on the economy. It's like I told you, a company here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, 300 people by year's end are going to be out of a job. So how do we keep people employed? How do we keep the wages where people can live? Minimum wage here in Ontario, and it varies from province to province across Canada. Here in Ontario, it's sixteen seventy-five an hour. Yes, some companies are paying more than sixteen seventy-five an hour, but they're still not at the livable wage. I think they. You know, they went, they go by, you know, cities, you know, major cities, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. And, you know, the cost of uh, a livable wage in Vancouver would be like $25 an hour. Toronto, $22 an hour. Montreal, $20 an hour. I mean, if you have two people in the household working, you know, for, you know, $20 an hour, that's $40 an hour coming into the household. We've had like a a huge increase in house prices. Houses selling, you know, 150,000 over asking. You know, homeowners were just reaping the benefits out of that. But it was also pushing people right out of the market. You know, because the bank is only going to lend you so much money. Here in the city of London, where I reside, in order to buy a house today, your income has to be at least $150,000 annually. Houses are well over $600,000. Now what's happening right now, you know, the bank, the bank of Canada is, is, is upping the interest rates. And what else is happening now, you know, these people, you know, let's say you bought a house for, you know, um, $800,000. Those prices are starting to drop now. By the beginning of next year, that house that you paid $800,000 for, now is only going to be worth $600,000.
That sucks. I mean, you went into, you people go into the bidding wars to get the property. And if you went $150,000 over asking, I mean, this was not sustainable, ladies and gentlemen. It was definitely not sustainable. Sooner or later, that was going to end. And it did. And it actually ended abruptly. The other problem is each point the Bank of Canada ups its rates. You know, people, you know, when you renew your mortgage after five years, well, you had that that cushy two and a half percent. You know, now you're looking at four percent, five percent. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be crunch time for a lot of people. Even potentially losing your home because you won't be able to keep up with the mortgage payments. Bank of Canada trying to offset and, and balance out everything, you know, of the economy slowing. You'll know, find a lot of people who might just have to put their house up for sale. But like I said, those people who who got into these bidding wars, and you know, like you said, I, I said, I mean, if you you got the house, you know, one hundred fifty thousand over asking, and now starting, you know, into beginning of next year, that house is only going to be worth six hundred thousand. And then it's going to keep dropping again, the house prices. But you're still paying a mortgage at 800000 You're not going to sell the property. You're going to hope for the best and you hope you'll, it goes up. It's probably not going to reach 800000 Either way, you're going to lose some money. You know, the economies, you know, here in North America, all over the world, I mean, how, you know, there's no job security. There's no such thing. You could be in a union and you think you've got job security. Well, that that company could close. There's nothing you can do about it. Whether it's Ford, Chrysler, GM, Honda, whoever case may be, and it usually, it usually, it's always the automakers. You have no job security unless something new and big comes along that the automaker decides that hey, no, we can still build this in this plant. We can retool. We can do this. We can do that. Sometimes that doesn't happen and you lose your job. You're out of a job. 
you got bills to pay, mortgage to pay, rent to pay, food to put on the table. So how do we keep people in work? What are the jobs out there that really, you know, what are the future jobs to keep people employed? What training are you going to need in order to get these jobs? Who's going to help you get there? Here in Ontario, the work fair program is going to help you to get there. We want to keep, you know, we, we, do you look at, you know, the high school kids, they're graduating high school, they're going to college, they're going to university, you know, getting the education they need and for, and for the jobs of tomorrow. Kids coming behind them eventually, you know, doing whatever they want to do. I mean, you know, we have a shortage of drivers in the trucking industry. Who wants to drive a transport truck? Raise your hand. We can't get enough people. Why is that? Well, for one, you have to take truck driver training, which is mandatory. And that's in a cost of anywhere from, you know, eight to get a bank loan, borrow money from friends, maybe you got eight to $10,000 in your bank account. No government isn't going to pay for it because they look at it as it's not like going to college or university. It's a short term course, something like a hundred and a hundred and five hours in class and practical. And then you have, you know, the trucking companies who work with driving schools in order to get you into the company. You're going to be away from your family. But it doesn't always mean you're going to be away from your family. You go out there, you get the experience, you go over the road for a year. And then you look for a day job driving truck. People going to college, people going to university, you know, they want to wear the suit and tie. They want to wear the white coats. That's all and good because we need doctors. We need nurses. 
We need lawyers. You know, we need people like that. I'm not, I mean, that's their choice of, of, of what they want to do with their lives. That's great. We need technicians. You know, we need HVAC people for heating, heating and cooling. I mean, that's fine. If people want to go off to be a teacher, that's great. We need teachers. But there's all other, other labor jobs out there that are going to need employees. This is why the government has put this program together, this workfare program, to help people, able bodies, to channel the way through all of this stuff, not on their own, but with help. Because it can be overwhelming. Where do I go? Where do I start? What do I need? And they have all these resources right at your fingertips. Whereas decades ago, You know, you went out and found a job, you found a job. You didn't find a job and didn't want to work. You were, you know, you went on welfare. You weren't made to get off welfare. You could stay on for, you know, for whatever long you wanted. Welfare wasn't meant for that. It was just, it was an assistant money assistance until you got a job. Not make it a career out of it. This is why the government changed all this. Because they woke up one day and said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, we're not going to keep doing this. You know, this is generation after generation after generation. No, we're going to move forward and we're going to implement all these programs into helping people move forward. Transition from welfare or workfare, whatever they call it, the transition into the working world. It's there if you need it. You know, the social assistance programs are there if you need it, but they're there also to help you transition to the next level. It was never meant to be a career sitting on welfare. For able bodies that are able to work.
Well, I want to thank you for joining me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said earlier, and as you know, I mean, the whole world knows. Queen Elizabeth II has passed at the age of 96. And my condolences goes out to their family. And of course, you know, with what transpired last weekend, um, with these mass killings, arresting the last suspect only for him to not to die soon after his arrest. My condolences goes out to the families and their loved ones who lost their lives. We have a lot of problems. You know, in this world, we really do. And we really need solutions. Real solutions. When it comes to the acts of violence. Whether it's an act of violence, gun violence. This particular um, this particular um, incident in northern Saskatchewan, these were two people who went around stabbing people, killed 10 people, injured 19. The one perpetrator killed the other perpetrator. The perpetrator, they were brothers. And only to have the last one caught yesterday and arrested, he died soon after his arrest. We're never going to know. We are never going to know why. Those families are never going to get closure. This is tragic. We need real change. In, in society, we really do. And we need real solutions and we need them now. But thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Enjoy the rest of your evening, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, tomorrow's Friday. The weekend is almost here. Here in London, Ontario, Canada, the Western Fair returns starting Tomorrow it runs for nine days, and we also have the air show. It's going to be really nice weather. So get out there and enjoy it. And until we meet again, be good, behave out there, and thank you for joining me. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I am your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Good night, everybody.